Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Today, coming from to you from Southern Maryland, Stephanie and I are on our journey toward warmer waters in Florida on the floating home. I have a fantastic interview today, Zach Thomas. I mean, what an all-around great guy in store. I'm really excited to share uh, his story and, and have him tell you a little bit about what he's doing in his life. Uh, as I said, my as I said, my guest today is Zach Thomas. He's an entrepreneur published author, coach, and speaker. As a West Point graduate, Zach served his country as an airborne ranger, infantry officer before launching multiple successful companies. Today, Zach is the owner-operator of a Chick-fil-A franchise in Rockport, Georgia. His leader farming strategy, I'm really excited to talk about that. Growing leaders to grow your business has resulted in top 20% performance metrics in the development of multiple Chick-fil-A franchisees from his restaurant. As a Lean Six Ninja, got to ask him about that too, he has <laughs> cultivated a culture of continuous improvement in his organization. His pioneering efforts have led him to serve on the Lean Operator Panel for Chick-fil-A and co-create the Lean 365 program that helps other franchisees build a culture of empowerment, engagement, and excellence. He's been featured in Newsweek and on Good Morning America, and today he's here to share some of his journey. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jim. It's an honor and a privilege to be here with your listeners. Well, thanks so much for your service to our country. I mean, gosh, Airborne Ranger, you were, you were in, the, in the, um, the service for quite a long time. You probably saw a, a lot of the world. Well, I did get to travel a good bit, and I was uh, being a, an Airborne Ranger Infantry Officer. I was not actually in the Ranger Regiment, but I served as an Airborne Ranger Qualified Infantry Officer in several different units and uh, deployed in support of Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom. Uh, never actually went in country um, into a, a war zone. Um, that's, that's part of my crazy story as to how I got to where I am today. <laughs> and did you go in the service right out of high school, Zach, or did you go to college or? I did. I, I graduated from high school in 1995 and went straight to the United States Military Academy at West Point and spent four years there and was commissioned as an infantry officer in 1999. And wow. Spent six and a half years active duty and then was in the reserves for a while as a chaplain candidate. So you graduated just in time for the first, I think you said that was Iraqi freedom, the first Iraqi war. Well, um, Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom, um, the, not the very first Iraqi war. I was actually, that was before I went off to West Point. So this was, this was, um, after September, um, 11th, 2001. Okay, cool. So my dates mixed up there. Yeah, no, you're Um, good. (laughs) Um, and so you, you served and, and then you got out and what did you do after you get out? Did you go right to the, in the franchise business or what did you do? Yeah, so that's that's my crazy story and a little bit of my journey and how I became an entrepreneur. So, 
you know, being in the military, that was really my plan. Honestly, I thought I was going to be in the military for the rest of my life. I, if you'd asked me when I was eight or 10 years old, I decided I wanted to go to West Point very early on. And my plan was to be a general. That's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to stay into retirement and be a general in the army. And fast forward to, you know, September 11th, everything kind of changed with the military. I got stuck in training and doctrine command. So I ended up and the way I describe it to folks that don't really understand the whole military. There's, especially in the army, there's, there's two major components. There's force comm, the forces command, and then there's training and doctrine command. And the training and doctrine command folks are the ones that run the schoolhouse. They run all the different schools that, that, you know, take non-commissioned officers and officers through their training. And then force comm is in charge of all the, the units out there that, that go and, and fight and, and do what needs to be done. And so I was in this, this place where I got orders, I got promoted to captain and I got orders to go to the captain's career course. And it was just, it was all timing, but it was right at the beginning of the war. And so I, I end up down at Fort Benning and I'm in a, a classroom full of like 300 captains and we all are in the same position. None of us are in an operational unit. We're all sitting there in building four on Fort Benning, you know, taking classes and, you know, everybody wants to be in the fight. And the way I explain it to, to folks is, I, you know, it's like if you play football your whole life and your team goes to the Super Bowl, I mean, you, you want to go with them, right? Right. It's not, it's not like, you know, you want to go kill people in combat, but it's just like, it's, it's just what you're trained to do. Like you want to go serve your country and you want to go work with the, the men that you've trained. And, and so, for me, that's, um, that's what I wanted to do. But then I got pulled over to training and doctrine command and I actually got assigned to be an instructor at the ranger school. Wow. So, um, sounds cool, but not during wartime. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) um, I'm stuck there at the ranger school. Uh, I did get to deploy in support of Iraqi freedom and enduring freedom. We did some mobile training team missions overseas to, uh, to pull troops out of country, we, we did, uh, I, I actually was an operations officer for the reconnaissance surveillance leader course. And we would pull guys out of country to train them in reconnaissance. And we set up shop in uh, Grafenbeer, Hohenfels, Germany, as well as Vincenza, Italy. And so we'd run the course over there in Europe. It was a lot easier to pull, pull soldiers out of theater uh, to a place in Europe and do the training than it was to you know bring them all the way back to the United States and, and do training. So. So I say I deployed in support of, of those two operations. Um, and then um, I, I really just got a little frustrated because I, I kind of got stuck in the TRADOC role. And, and I just began to ask questions about, you know, like, what is, what is the plan um, for, you know, for, for me and, and my personal faith? You know, I, I just began to ask God, like, what? you know, what is it you want me to do? I thought my plan, you know, in my heart, my plan was to, to be a general in the army, but then things just kind of, um, didn't look like it were going to work out that way. And so I just began to question and I, I went to a mentor and asked him, you know, what his thoughts were. And he said, well, maybe, maybe you're being called to ministry. And I said, okay, fine. Well, if Mm. I'll, I'll, I'll consider that. And so I, um, I said, well, if I'm going to be doing ministry, I'm, I'm just going to be a chaplain that I'll, I want to stay in the army. I'll be a, then I'll be a general chaplain. And, and so I started pursuing that. I, I resigned my active duty commission and 
know, the army will, will pay for a, um, a, a doctor to go to medical school and will pay for a lawyer to go to law school, but will not pay for a chaplain to go to chaplain school. Oh, that's interesting. And so it is. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm, I'm in chaplain, I get selected into the chaplain candidate program. Here I am, you know, former airborne ranger infantry officer. And, you know, my plan was to go back into the army, into the ranger regiment as a chaplain. That's, that's really where I wanted to be. And I, um, I just was, uh, well, first off, like I said, I wasn't getting paid. So I had to figure out something to do. And part of the requirement for the chaplain candidate program was that I have, I had to have a practical ministry experience. And so my first ministry experience was, was working at a church as a college and singles pastor. And then, um, I did that for a couple of years. And then how old um, are you at this point? How old are you, Zach? So I was, Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think <laughs> of the timeline. Are you married yet? Or where, where I'm, are I'm you? married. So I got married as, as you uh, alluded to earlier um, at my, I married my high school sweetheart and we were 15. I was 15. She was 13 when we met. Um, but then I got married 12 days after I graduated from West Point. You so, scared me. I thought you got married at 15. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir. I was, I was, I had just turned 22 and she was 19 when we got there married. There you go. All right. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're probably, I'm, I'm probably 25 at this point, 26. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm, I'm in the chaplain candidate program and, I needed, you know, working at a church, I wasn't making a lot of money and I had always really thought uh, I might want to be an entrepreneur one day. Like, but that in my mind, it was after I was, I get out of the army, like I was going to stay in and retire and then get out and then become an entrepreneur. And so I'm sitting there one day and just thinking about, you know, a business and, and something that I could do to help create extra income for me while I'm in the chaplain candidate program to help pay my way through the chaplaincy. And I, I thought about, there's a couple of things that I was passionate about. One was, was coffee. And I just absolutely love coffee. And I, I'll never forget one day I was sitting in an aircraft um, hangar and we were getting ready to go on a mission and we'd been planning all day long and we knew we were going to be up all night. And I drank a lot of coffee that day and I was suited up in my, my jump uh, gear and a parachute harness. And it's very um, difficult if you have to go to the bathroom when you're, when you're suited up in a parachute harness and not only that, but you have to get re-jump mastered and it's a pain. And so I had this thought when I was in the aircraft hangar sitting there, I thought, you know, what if I could get more caffeine in one cup of coffee and I wouldn't have to pee as much. Right. 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 <laughs> so, so I ended up, um, approaching a friend of mine that owned a coffee roastery, uh, was a mutual friend, a friend of a friend. And then we became friends and I said, look, this is my idea. This is what I want to do. And we worked together and we created a formula for a hyper caffeinated coffee and we created a brand or I created a brand. He was just my roaster. But I created a brand called Ranger Coffee Company, not for the weak or faint-hearted. And oh my God, that's awesome! So we created a hyper, like we were the first um, veteran-owned coffee company out there, and and then we created this, you know, 
everybody knows of Black Rifle Coffee Company, and yeah. you know, there's, there's all these coffee companies out there now, but we were the first, Ranger Coffee Company, and we created a hyper-caffeinated blend of coffee, and we literally started selling coffee all over the world. I mean, we, my wife and I were um, a team of two, <laughs> and uh, um, I, of course, I'd created this monster of a brand, and it was very at the very beginning of, of social media and and, and I just had, um, was getting into that myself and, and really putting things out there and created a website and, and just figuring all this stuff out myself. And, um, my roaster was, was going gangbusters, roasting coffee for me. And we ended up, that's when I ended up in Newsweek magazine. And it was at the beginning of this, all this hyper caffeine craze. We ended up in a segment on Good Morning America where they came to my house and interviewed me, but it was this whole segment on this caffeine industry with, with monster energy and uh, Red Bull and all that. Yeah. And so wow. like it was, it was really cool. Um, they, they kind of showed their products, but, but I was the one that was the highlight of the interview. And it was really neat because it's funny when, when the lady from Newsweek called me, um, she uh, we had a great interview and I thought it was, you know, really, really good. And then uh, like a day later after Newsweek, I got another phone call from a, from a lady and she wanted to speak with the president of Ranger Coffee Company. And I'm, I'm in the truck driving down the road and I'm like, well, you know, I look around and, and <laughs> there's nobody else in the truck. So I guess that's, that's me. <laughs> so, yep. um, and so it was funny. Uh, but just that whole experience of being, you know, the president, the operations leader, the marketing guy, you know, as all well wearing, as the janitor, <laughs> yep, as well as the janitor, you know, wearing all the hats. But that's where I really cut my teeth in entrepreneurship. And whatever happened to that company? So um, the economy crashed in 2007, uh, late 2007, early 2008. People kind of stopped buying expensive coffee. I'm still in the chaplain candidate program. I was, I was still planning on going back in the army as a chaplain. Um, but you know, we were doing pretty good and, uh, but then sales just really dropped off when the, when the stock market crashed and the housing bubble burst. And, and I was like, you know, what am I going to do? I, I got to find something else to do. And I, um, I started looking for other opportunities and that's really when I ran across the Chick-fil-A franchise opportunity. And I, you know, put my name in the hat, um, submitted my application and that application process for me, just, it went super fast and that's not normal for, was that a new franchise you opened up or an existing one for sale? So I took over an existing franchise first mm -hmm. and okay. it, it just, the timing of it was crazy looking back. Of course, I didn't know this at the time, but uh, when I first applied for a, a franchise, there was not a single Chick-fil-A franchise available in the entire Southeast. And then the day of my first interview, the, the owner operator franchisee of the restaurant that I ended up getting was, was terminated. Um, he mm. made some really bad judgment decisions and he was, he was terminated from Chick-fil-A. Um, they removed his, his franchise agreement. And so literally that was the same day of my first interview. And then all of a sudden, of course, I, they still didn't, they hadn't communicated that to me, but then all of a sudden there was a possibility, you know, in the Southeast for me. And right. so, 
Um, and then it just, it just snowballed and went really, really fast. And then I ended up, you know, they wanted to get somebody in there pretty quick and I ended up getting an existing franchise. Um, and I took it over. I grew that franchise from 2.2 million in sales, which was really low volume for a Chick-fil-A. Uh, it was actually the lowest volume freestanding Chick-fil-A in the state of Georgia at the time. And, um, I, I took it over 2.2 and grew it to over 5 million in sales. And so, Wow. Um, great, great experience. Um, learned a lot. And then for me, um, the opportunity to open one here in my hometown in my home community where I grew up uh, presented itself. And you, know, you can have more than one Chick-fil-A franchise, but they have to be kind of in the same market. Sure. And, and the, my previous restaurant is about 45 minutes from my hometown and it's not really the same market. And so I, I, even though I built a great business there, I gave it up in order to relocate to my hometown that was projected to do significantly less volume. And, uh, and you know, for me, it's been, it's been a great move. I, I do make less money, but uh, I absolutely love, what I do. And I believe in the long term, and I believe less that, of a commute, right? <laughs> much, much less of a commute. And, uh, it's just a great opportunity to, um, pour into the community where I grew up and, and make a difference in the lives of those that will be impacting my children's lives. Um, as you know, I've, I've got seven kids that are growing up in this community. So, you know, I'm, I'm heavily, invested in making sure that this community is a great community to grow up in because I, so, I'm raising kids here. I'm just guessing there's a lot of Chick-fil-A party platters at school functions. <laughs> well, actually <laughs> well, not if you're homeschooling. Yeah, we, we homeschool, but we, yeah. do, we do do a lot of, uh, we, we partner with our schools and we do a lot with schools. And, you know, for us, our choice to homeschool, um, and, and, and obviously this is a business podcast, but, um, but our choice was not about um, schools, the school system or anything like that. It was more about convenience for us because mm -hmm. with seven kids, uh, I, I remember my, my older kids were in school in public school and I had one in elementary. I actually had three in elementary school at the same time, but they were spread far enough apart that I thought, okay, this is going to happen to where we're going to have one in high school, one in elementary or middle school, one in uh, elementary school all at the same time. And we're going to be running here and there and going crazy. And I thought, you know, we just, we need to just pull the plug on this. And then, but then after I made that decision, I realized I can actually teach my kids to be entrepreneurs. And so mm. I'm really, really passionate about that. And so, you know, my wife is, she's handling the core curriculum and everything, but I do everything that I can to. You can teach them what a budget is for heaven's sakes. Absolutely. And so, you know, we get to choose their curriculum. We, you know, we make sure that they get the the core, you know, math and, and obviously reading is so important. And, you know, for me, my goal is that, that they're, they become passionate about learning. And really that's, that's the whole goal of education anyway. Right. And so if, if they can become passionate about learning, then they can do anything. Hey Zach, and, I got Let me check in with you. Cause I'm, I'm yeah. so much loving this conversation, but at the clock in the wall, it's like, man, we're screaming through this half hour. Do you have another, maybe five or seven minutes to stay or do you have something else at the bottom? Absolutely. Of the Absolutely. Okay. Let's, let's keep going then. But I yeah. want to, but I want to get to, I want to talk about your book, Leader Farming. Sure. Now, is Leader yeah, sure. Farming, is that a play 
because you live on a farm or is that a, an actual term that either you coined or? Yeah. So I grew up on a farm and I, um, I have a background in farming. We raised chickens. I think I'm the only Chick-fil-A franchisee, <laughs> you know, grow up raising chickens. We raised yep. 36,000 chickens every six weeks wow. and uh, for gold kissed. And, and then now I'm selling chicken sandwiches, which is, which is pretty funny. But, uh, but yeah, so I, um, I became, I decided, and, and uh, I guess several years ago, um, and I tell this story, I was a, as I mentioned, my background in the military, I was a very hard charging type A command and control style leader when I was in the military. And when I left active duty army, um, you know, like my goal in the ranger school and it just made people cry for their mother. Like that was a good day, right? If you, if you put the fear, literally put the fear of God in people, that was a good day. Well, I, if you imagine a pendulum, so I swung the pendulum all the way over to the other side and I became somewhat of a passive leader. And I developed this philosophy when I was in the ministry that if you just love everybody enough, they'll do the right thing. But unfortunately, when I became a Chick-fil-A operator, I was kind of stuck in that ministry mindset. And I just believed if I just loved everybody enough, they'd do the right thing. And I got taken advantage of pretty significantly people were walking out the back door with chicken and it was just, it was, it was really difficult. And so what happened was my natural tendency was just a knee jerk react. And I swung the pendulum all the way back over to the other side and said, okay, fine. You're going to take advantage of me. You're going to get to see the airborne ranger side of me. And, um, and, and then I would realize like, I don't want to be that guy anymore. Right. And so then I, and then I swung the pendulum back to the other side. I'm like, guys, please just let me be this, you know, Mr. Nice guy. Cause I really don't want to be, you know, the ranger instructor anymore. And, and then I'll never forget one day I walked in and overheard one of my team members say, I wonder which Zach we're going to get today. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, my team was having this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde experience, right. With, with me as a leader. And so I, I actually got, hit by a car and without unpacking that entire story, I was walking across the street as a pedestrian and this, this car came out of nowhere trying to catch the left green arrow and about 35 miles an hour hit me, threw me up in the air. I came down and landed head first on the windshield and was projected about 50 feet forward. Oh my God. And yes. And in that time I like, I, I lost consciousness for obviously a short period of time, but I had a major concussion and I remember after that, and a lot of that time frame is fuzzy, but I remember after that, I was sitting on the, on the sofa thinking about life and what was really important and how I was going to lead people going forward. And, and, you know, when you, when you have those moments in life where you're either faced with death or, you know, some big significant event, then you, you do really kind of focus in on what's, what's really important. And so out of that came this, this saying that I say all the time that when I'm 85 years old, sitting on my front porch in my rocking chair, what am I going to be thinking about? It's not going to be how big my house is because I'll probably be living in a nursing home. It's not going to be what kind of car I drive because I probably won't even have a license at that point. And it's not going to be how much money's in my bank account because I have seven kids and they'll probably have spent all that. So <laughs> it's, it's going to be, what did I do? 
with the time, money, and resources I was given to make a difference in people's lives. That's what's really going to matter. And so it was out of that that I made a decision, like I'm going to run my business in such a way that I put other people's best interest at heart. Like I want to help them become the best version of themselves. I want to help them grow. And so I say this all the time, like we are, we are a leadership development company that just happens to sell chicken, right? Right, <laughs> so right. We are hey, poor. Yes. Zach, let me jump in real quick. I just got to squeeze a couple things in. What is Lean Six Ninja? Is that your term? <laughs> it is, yes. So we have we created our own little internal brand of creating continuous improvement and continuous improvement culture in the business. And so out of that, we, um, we became such a, a leader in the continuous improvement side of things for Chick-fil-A. We were selected to be a part of, uh, as you read in my bio, this thing called lean 365, which is a lean culture creating, um, a program for other Chick-fil-A restaurants across the country. So we've produced a lot of the videos for that curriculum that help team members latch on to a continuous improvement culture. And so we do have a website, lean6ninja.com. It's, it's primarily directed at, you know, Chick-fil-A, other Chick-fil-A restaurants, but uh, we, we are in the process of posting. A lot of our videos were pro proprietary up front, but we're in the process of recreating some of those videos and posting videos out there for other folks to watch, to be able to help create continuous improvement in their Are you speaking at Chick-fil-A franchise conferences and stuff now? They must be thrilled with you. I, I have um, spoken to, in fact, I spoke yesterday um, to the Windshape Foundation. Um, all, the whole Windshape is kind of our nonprofit side. And so the president of Windshape Foundation was there and all of his people. And so I'm kind of sharing my story and, and we've actually had Windshape the uh, the Windshape Kitchen that that runs the kitchen there for Windshape Retreat and Windshape Wilderness they came to our restaurant and did a tour and looking at some of the ways that we've incorporated lean and continuous improvement culture in our organization and so we're you know we're helping other folks and you know like I said at the end of the day that's that's what really that's what really matters and ironically you know it's actually helping me make more money like that but that's not my goal like I'm not trying to necessarily you know, make more money. It's just because I'm, I'm giving and my, the, the motive behind everything that I'm doing is really to help other people, but it's actually helping me grow my business and grow my brand and grow my influence. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it's really been cool to watch. So. Well, I would love to have you back on in a few months if you're, if you schedule allows because I've totally Absolutely. enjoyed our conversation. I feel like we barely scratched the surface, <laughs> but yes, I know sir. people are going to be interested in the book. Where Tell me about the book and where they can get their hands on it. Sure. Thanks, Jim. I'm going to create a special link for your listeners. Okay. It's going to be leaderfarming.com. That's leaderfarming with ing.com slash dream business. And they can go to that site and I'll offer three different things on there. If they just want to take a little quiz, as I talked about the whole command and control passive leader, there's a little quiz on there that'll help you like kind of figure out what your natural orientation is and maybe how your people that work with you are interpreting you. And so that's free. And then I I'm offering a free copy of my book. If you just pay the shipping and handling five 99, um, and I'll get that out to them. And then also I have a little mentor group that I'm going to start in 2020 for those that are interested learning a little bit more about leader farming, 
or how to how to you know incorporate these principles and continuous improvement principles and really anything they want to talk about into their business um, I'm going to do that via zoom and so I'm going to have a link there for you can sign up to be able to get the email for when I launch that in 2020. Awesome Zach thank you so much I really really want to have you back uh, first quarter next year. Sure thank you very much Jim. It's been an honor. Hey folks it's awesome and thanks again for your service I really appreciate it. Um, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Zach Thomas. Man, we just, I'm telling you, we just scratched the surface. I'm going to have Zach back. Um, you want to make sure, and by the way, unless you're listening to this replay like a year from now, my next event is going to be in Orlando, Dream Business Academy Orlando, uh, February 13th and 14th, 2020. Um, find out the information for that at DVA Orlando, dvaorlando.com. Until next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.